Big chat. Amir. I can hear you, Amir. Oh, How are you doing? Got the main man Chad on the line once again. Uh, here we go. We got uh, we got Seneca's fourth letter today. Are you ready, Chad? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for this one. This one is uh, is a big one. Uh, so, how do you want to do the format? We could do it the same way. I can read, uh, or if you want, you can read it, and, um, and then we can discuss. Yeah, I think uh, this one is a little bit too long, and it's got a uh, few. Points. It is a longer one. Yeah. yeah. So I think what we'll do is instead of reading the whole thing, uh, why don't we just uh, just go um, into it, talk about the meanings. Just yeah, just go into it, talk about the meanings, and then uh, just just expand it a little bit on it. Have it as a bit of a discussion, same as what we do, bef- um, you know, normally. So, um, uh, yeah, how about you start the reading, and then and then we'll stop and and talk about it as as we go. Okay, starting from the top. Let's have a look. So, the name of the fourth letter is actually um, officially on the terrors of death. Mm. Keep on as you have begun and make all possible haste so that you may have longer enjoyment of an improved mind, one that is at peace with itself. Doubtless you will derive the enjoyment during the time when you are improving your mind and setting it at pace with itself. But quite different is the pleasure which comes from contemplation when one's mind is so cleansed from every stain that it shines. You remember, mm. of course, what joy you felt when you laid aside the garments of boyhood and donned the man's toga and were escorted to the forum. Nevertheless, you may look for a still greater joy when you have laid aside the mind of boyhood and when wisdom has enrolled you among men. For it is not boyhood that still stays with us, but something worse, boyishness. And this condition is all the more serious because we possess the authority of old age, together with the follies of boyhood, yea, even the follies of infancy. Boys fear trifles, children fear shadows, we fear both. Do you want to go through that part? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Doubtless you will derive enjoyment during the time when you are improving your mind and setting it at peace with itself. But quite different is the pleasure which comes from contemplation when one's mind is, is so cleansed from every stain that it shines. Um, that is a pretty powerful saying there. Um, and I, um, this is, I mean, um, Seneca sort of goes about this letter in uh, several different avenues. He's kind of sort of explaining um, to Lucilius, how uh, you know uh, different things that could affect someone's uh, understanding of what death really is, and from this uh, the the first part here, um, he's talking about you know self improvement. This is one thing, right? Uh, continuous education, which is what we kind of promote with um, with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. You know, got a part of this. You know, part of this podcast is is. Um, mostly about self-improving your your life, right? So education is one of them. And um, but the most important thing about it all is really the simplification of your life. So that way, um, 
when you know when when you're when you're sitting back and and um, contemplating, right? And if your mind is cleansed from all the stains, you know, it shines. Basically, um, the simplification of life. Um, when everything around you is simple, then you just basically can rest and and think with ease. Um, and these are the the kind of ways where you can. Uh, when you have this time to think and when you have this time to contemplate, this is when you come up with your own philosophy on how you see your life and how you can perhaps even uh, extend this philosophy to the ones around you, right? In different um, circles of friends and things like that. This is kind of how I see at least this this part. The second part is um, about the boyish, <laughs> uh, where he says, you know, like... Uh, uh, you know, you remember, of course, what you, what joy you felt when you laid aside the garment of boyhood and donned on the men, uh, donned the men's toga. Basically, what he's saying here is, um, it's all got to do with the maturity, right? So you accumulate all this knowledge, you um, you understand, you try to understand, um, you know, uh, your life around you. Um, you try to get sort of um, uh, um, ready. If you like um, the wisdoms in your how you see wisdom, because maturity and wisdom kind of like go hand in hand. Uh, the more experiences you have in your life, the more wisdom you're going to have, because the more answers you can give to questions, right? Okay. So um, the whole self awareness. Trying, to, I mean, you're not going to be able to be very much self aware when you're young. Uh, as you, as as you grow older, and as you understand more of how things work around you. Um, and you become a bit more self-aware, you begin to, you begin to understand who you are. Um, this is when you sort of start reaching that maturity level, that wisdom. Uh, one of the things that um, sometimes you, you think about, I mean, we go through the you know, graduation from schools and universities and um, all of a sudden we are possessed, like we possess that, not sorry, not possessed, we possess that authority of being an adult. Um, yet we don't seem to understand the responsibility of what that means. And, and um, um, you know, uh, there's a whole mental acceptance that needs to be done to take on that job. You know what I mean? And this is kind of like, I think, I believe this is what he's trying to say in this case. Like the, the, the um, uh, you know, like you, you want to move forward in your life. And if you want to move forward in your life, you kind of have to sort of uh, move away from, from uh, leaving behind those younger ways, the things that you try to sort of um, um, uh, try to keep you young as such, right? And this is kind of like a little bit toxic, um, according to Seneca, basically growing older, uh, yet still holding on to younger ways to him that's considered to be toxic. And that's kind of like where, where that, uh, that's actually taking you. Yeah, so like, you know, when he talks about this boyishness, that's that's the part that stuck out the most for me is it's saying like even though we grow up, even though we become men, um, you know, biologically speaking, mm. um, where we lay aside the garments of boyhood and, and, and wear the, you know, the man's toga and we, we get escorted through the forum, uh, we still keep with us this immaturity, this, uh, we're like, we're stuck in that sort of stage of our lives uh, a lot of times. And, 
this condition is all the more serious because we possess the authority of old age. So, you know, we, we have more power, we have more understanding, supposedly, we have more um, wisdom at a later age, but we still hold on to these uh, characteristics or, or these characteristics are still present in us. They're still visible in us. We still carry them with us. Um, and uh, that's that's probably the, the biggest part that stuck out for me in in uh, in that first paragraph. <coughs> Excuse Ooh. me. Um, continuing on into the third part, all you need to do is to advance. You will thus understand that some things are less to be dreaded, precisely because they inspire us with great fear. No evil is great, which is the last evil of all. Death arrives. It would be a thing to dread if it could remain with you. But death must either not come at all or else must come and pass away. It is difficult, however, you say, to bring the mind to a point where it can scorn life. But do you not see what trifling reasons impel men to scorn life? One hangs himself before the door of his mistress. Another hurls himself from the housetop that he may no longer be compelled to bear the taunt of a bad-tempered master. A third, to be saved from arrest after running away, drives a sword into his vitals. Do you not suppose that virtue will be as efficacious as excessive fear? No man can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it or believes that living through many Consulships is a great blessing. Rehearse this thought every day that you may be able to depart from life contentedly. For many men clutch and cling to life even as those who are carried down a rushing stream clutch and cling to briars and sharp rocks. Wow. Mm. Yeah, this is... Um, uh, there's, there's three main parts in here to, to really look into. Uh, the first one is uh, where he says, all you need to do is to advance. Uh, you will thus understand that some things are less to be dreaded precisely because they inspire us with great fear. No evil is great, which is the last evil of all. Death arrives. Yeah. It, would be the th it would be a thing to dread if it could remain with us or with you, sorry. But death must either not come at all or else must come and pass away. This is really, really powerful, really, when you think about it. I mean, a part of it is saying, um, this is a continuation from what we were saying before, like in regards to, you know, continuous, continuous education. Uh, keep on learning. Keep on uh, making yourself um, knowledgeable about what goes on behind, uh, around you and, um, and move forward. Uh, but then he moves into the whole fear aspect of things, right? And this is when he sort of like puts death and fear together. And this part here is powerful because he really, um, uh, everybody fears death. And he's, he's telling Lucilius that, like, death is the most dreaded fear. But death won't stay with you forever. It just comes and goes, right? So basically, what the, the whole mental aspect of this is that it's not like it's torture forever, right? If you're going to be, it's like, um, say you are, and, and he mentions that later on, say you, for, for example, uh, you've been called in to, to get your head cut off because you've done something wrong, right? For whatever reason. So, say we're talking back in the days here. 
Um, the good old days, yeah. The good, the good old days, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you're going to be beheaded. Now, the thing is, that's it. It's done. You're going to get beheaded. The thing is, you know that death is going to come. So if you're going to keep on worrying about it, then it's just you, you're going to lose it before you get there. I mean, it's a little bit sort of um, weird to say it this way, but you're only going to worry about death during the time that the knife is going to cut your cut, cut yeah, head off. Yeah. In that period of time, this is the only time you're going to worry about death. But for you to worry about it, you know, uh, from a long period and, and allow your life to be just basically mangled by it, um, then this is going to sort of uh, hold you back, right? So that whole aspect of, I guess, of, of you know, um, gaining a little bit more wisdom and, and keeping yourself occupied with all this knowledge that you're going to be learning, this is kind of like part of it um, uh, related to understanding a death because we spoke about this in, in a couple of um, episodes ago where we were saying that um, um, uh, the whole idea about death is, is being inspired by it, right? And being able to sort of uh, use it as a motivator rather than actually something to, to rather fear um, and being able to sort of uh, learn as much as you can because you know you're going to die one day, right? So, you know, pack your life with everything that you want to do. Pack, pack your life with anything that really interests you, learning it and, and moving forward with it. That kind of this whole sentence here um, sort of puts everything together in that aspect of things. The second part of it is um, where he says, uh, but, you, but you do, uh, sorry, but do you not see what trifling reasons impel men to scorn life? Uh, one hangs himself before the door of his mistress, so on and so on. And, and basically he's gone to, to, the, uh, to the sentence where it says, do you not suppose that virtue will be as efficacious as excessive fear? A um, couple of things, I mean, you can explain, I can explain this in a couple of ways, but one of the ways is that, you know, um, you create these issues for yourself, right? And you're complaining about it. So you're creating these issues and then you, yet you want to complain about these issues. This is the part where you're saying one hangs himself before the door of his mistress, right? Well, you've got a mistress and then you killed yourself because probably whatever, you know what I mean? Um, because you got caught with her or whatever the case may be, right? Um, so do you not suppose that virtue will be as efficacious as excessive fear? Um, uh, that's, well, that's pretty much what I can say about it. The, the third part, which is really cool. And this one speaks volumes is, is where he says, no man can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it. And then he goes on about saying that, uh, rehearse this thought every day that, you may be able to depart from life contentedly for many men clutch and cling to life. Even as those who are carried down a rushing stream, clutch and cling to briars and sharp rocks. So to me, that is pretty much, it's very condensed, but what he's really talking about is he's talking about experiences and clinging to, 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 to certain experiences, right? So there's either way, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, right? So when you cling to an experience um, and um, you sort of don't want to let go of that experience, you sort of hold yourself back from liberating yourself as such, right? And yeah. part of that, you know, uh, part of that liberation is 
you're not being present here and now, right? So you, because you're hanging around with these experiences that you've had in your life, and once again, whether they're good or bad, you're just clinging to them and you're, letting, you're not letting go, you're not liberating yourself and you, you're not allowing yourself to live in the moment, okay? You're missing out on the experiences that are actually happening now or the good experiences that could happen because you just um, fl- uh, flowed with life. There's a, there's a thing about flowing with life. Like um, if you put it here, you're in a stream, right? And if you just flow with life and look, you know what? Let go of the experiences once, once they're finished and accept the end of an experience. But sometimes it's a little bit easier said and done because you let go of an experience um, and you try to sort of hang on to it. But if you believe in your head or if, if you at least reframe it in your mind that, you know what, there's another experience that's going to happen. So I need to anticipate for that experience, whether it's a good or bad, then you can actually flow with life a lot gent- in, in a more gentle manner. And it goes back to uh, what he was saying in the first or second sentence where we're talking about the simplicity of life, simplifying your life. So when he's part of that simplification of life is not to have too many, too many messes in your head and too many distractions that basically just move you away from that flow of life because that flow is going to happen whether you like it or whether you don't. The more you struggle, right, the more energy you're going to basically consume to, 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 to stay away from it. But how much can you really hang on, right? Um, and uh, this is where um, actually it, it gets pretty interesting where he says, no man can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it, right? So um, that's really got to do with worrying about a whole lot of things, right? Worrying about um, uh, what others think, what, what others think about you, he says over here, or believes that living um, through many consulships is a great blessing. So um, thinking what other people think of you, or, or sorry, worrying about what other people think of you, worrying about how you, you view yourself to the world, um, not being able to flow gently with, with the flow of life, trying to sort of deviate from what really you, fate has, has, um, has got to you. And he talks a little bit more about fate later on in, in, um, in the letter. So uh, understanding the bad events, okay, uh, and understanding that after a bad event is a good event and being able to distinguish, to distinguish between the bad event and the good events and being able to learn and advance yourself from, um, from these events and experiences in your life. And that allows you to use, um, basically, this is, this is where you use death as a motivator to allow you to sort of let go and move forward, right? The last thing you want is to be, um, you know, in the last hour of your, of, your, of your life and being able to sit back and think and regret um, things that have happened in your life because you didn't flow with life the way it's supposed to. Yeah, so I... Um... I read that. I mean, the the first part of that, you know, the last, uh, the last evil of all being death. Um, you know, is just interesting the way it looks at it, because it's just saying uh, you, you don't need to dread it because the last evil of everything that's to come is the most evil thing, and that's death. And the thing with that evil is that um, it just comes and passes away. You don't feel it. Um, there's nothing for you to dread because you don't experience it. And for some reason that it reminded me of a, of like a, a, a thing I read on social media a couple of times would come and go. It said something like, when you're dead, 
you don't you don't know you're dead. Only the people around you who love you uh, know you're dead, and, and it hurts them. And it's the same thing as when you're stupid. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. It, yeah. it just shows in the in the sense that you know when death comes for you, and when it does happen to you. It's not something that you carry with you and, and you wake up every day and you're like, oh my God, I'm still carrying this burden with me and stuff like that. It just comes and goes. And that's the last evil of all. That's the evil that if you're going to fear anything, it's that one. And the thing is, there is nothing to fear because when it comes, it comes and you don't know what's happened to you. Mm. But the next part was uh, for me a little bit, I took it as a little bit more of a literal meaning. And I'm like, man, life must have sucked for people back then. Because uh, the way it's it's talking about um, just how much life sucks, <laughs> and that basically <laughs> that don't don't try and lengthen your life in any way. You know, like look at these people who are hanging themselves at the door of their mistress, and check these people out. They're just throwing themselves off roofs because. <laughs> uh, because they just have bad tempered masters and, and, uh, you know, he's yeah, stuck with it. He's stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. Dudes who just like, uh, to be safe from arrest, they're just, just stabbing themselves in the stomach with knives and swords just to prevent being arrested. I'm like, damn, man, must have been a tough, uh, tough era back then. Ah, uh, most definitely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It's a little bit, little bit different now. I'm pretty sure human rights wasn't really uh, no. big, big on the agenda De- back then. Definitely not, man. <laughs> not, not in that part of the world. Um, so, you know, it says, do you not suppose that ritual will be as uh, efficacious as, as excessive fear? Mm. And no man can uh, can have a peaceful life or thinks too much about lengthening it. And mostly because you know it's not something that you can control. Uh, you know, trying to lengthen your life for the most part, you, you, you can't control. And it's not a great thing to live through many consulships, so meaning you know, many uh, eras, many consulships being like the emperors that, that come through and like experiencing all those um, different reigns of power. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it says, for me, this last word says that, um, that man that you may be able to depart from life uh, contentedly for many men clutch and cling to life, even as though who are carried down a rushing stream, clutch and cling to uh, briars and sharp rocks. For me, that just, what that one is saying is, it's not really a metaphor. I'm, I think it means that literally like people who are down the stream, it's too late. Just let it go. You're going to die. Just go with it. Sort of thing. You're literally in a stream getting crushed, and banged up against sharp rocks, just let it go. Stop trying to hold on to rocks and hold yourself and, and survive. It's mm. over for you. Mm-hmm. So when I read mm-hmm. that, I was just like, if that's what it means, that's that's pretty savage, man. Like you should try and, <laughs> you should try and save yourself. I mean, to some degree. But um... maybe it is a metaphorical. Maybe Maybe is saying like when you're in life and you're just getting hammered by by the stream of life, just keep going with it. Don't try and save yourself. Uh, just just let it go pass. You know you'll get you'll get cut up by a couple more sharp rocks down the down the track, but eventually you'll be downstream into calmer waters and you'll hopefully wash up on shore somehow <laughs> and walk out. <laughs> well, uh, look, I mean, life is never meant to be easy. 
right? Yeah. And and the thing about it is that uh, uh, neither should it be easy. I mean, if if uh, uh, you know if everything was easy around you, and um, you know if life was fair, right? Then what's the purpose of of being a human, right? Yeah. The thing is. Uh, Life is hard for for many of us, and some for some people it's harder than others. And um, I've got a lot of respect for those who actually, um, you know, have got a very hard life, right? And um, they still walk around with a smile, and they still walk around with, um, you know, their heads held high, and um, and mm. deal with events on a daily basis, and not worry about a whole lot of stuff. These are the people I really do admire because, look. Um, Life is never going to be easy, and um, the thing is, the flow of life. Uh, I don't believe there's there's really a, a, a tranquil sort of um, stream down at, at the end until you die, right? That's your right. death, right? But until yeah. then, um, yeah, there's going to be sharp rocks, man. But it is what it is. There's sharp rocks. Everybody's going to be, um, you know, banging on these sharp uh, sharp rocks. How you handle the situation? How do you react yeah. to this situation? I guess this is yeah. where it all it all you know comes together. Um, do you? Is, is it every time you get banged on a sharp rock, you're going to yell and scream and let everybody look at you and, or you're just going to mm. keep your mouth shut and just keep going. Right. Yeah. And, and learn yeah. that next time you see a rock that looks like this, you try to sort of yeah. move away from it a little bit or, or at least lessen the, the impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I took yeah. it as, as more of a metaphorical uh, approach um, from, from Seneca uh, regarding to, to exactly what I was saying just now. You know what I mean? The flow of life, as I put it. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Let's see the next uh, next paragraph. So most men ebb and flow in wretchedness between the fear of death and the hardship of life. They are unwilling to live, and yet they do not know how to die. For this reason, make life as a whole agreeable to yourself by banishing all worry about it. No good thing renders its possessor happy unless his mind is reconciled to the possibility of loss. Nothing, however, is lost with less discomfort than that which, when lost, cannot be missed. Therefore, encourage and toughen your spirit against the mishaps that afflict even the most powerful. For example, the fate of Pompey was settled by a boy and a eunuch, that of Crassus, by a cruel and insolent Parthian. Gaius Caesar ordered Lepidus to bear his neck for the acts of the tribune Dexter, and he himself offered his own throat to Chirea. No man has ever been so far advanced by fortune that she did not threaten him as greatly as she had previously indulged him. Do not trust her seeming calm. In a moment, the sea is moved by its depths. The very day the ships have made a brave show in the games, they are engulfed. Mm, mm. I think we'll stop there and you yep. get through that part before um, we go on because there's a, there's a sandwich, there's a whole sandwich of meaning right there, my friend. Yes, 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 uh, absolutely. Um, Um, most the, the the first part, most men ebb and flow in wretchedness between the fear of death and the hardship of life. They are unwilling to live, and yet they do not know how to die. Uh, that is um, wow. I mean, that's that's a really really cool quote there. 
they not they do not know how to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and the yeah. thing about it is, is yeah. um, this actually um, rings a bit of a bit of a bell from from another letter that he wrote, where he was talking about, um, you know, um, because we are sort of um, always living uh, life, and if you appreciate death in the sense of uh, allowing it to be an inspiring or reframing your mind to allow death to be an inspiration for you. So you're basically moving forward with uh, with life in the sense of, you know, I'm going to die one day and I'm not going to sit here and, uh, you know, spend um, uh, 10 hours a day watching Netflix. I want to really do something with my life kind of thing, right? Um, the thing is, is um, we are actually dying every day. Right, death is not just something that happens. I mean, there is a there is a point when we die, and this is the point that we fear. This is what we were talking about before, but we mm. are dying every day. We are dying right. every day. It's a continuous sort of um, part of our evolution, as in as a one person sort of thing. Your life, you're dying every day. Correct. You start dying from the minute you, you're born, really. And and to me, this is kind of like what he's saying here is that um, yet they do not know how to die. To me, it means like they don't know how to live their life fully. Right. I think I guess if I was to write this book, I'd, I'd, I'd name the book The Art of Dying. And it might sound mm. really sort of uh, negative and, and, and dark and things like that. But really, if, if you are dying every day and well, the art of really being able to live properly is to appreciate um, death as you're approaching it. Right. And, and appreciate the fact that you are living the now you are living in the present and you are living um, you're doing everything you can right now to better yourself. And as a part of you bettering yourself, you're bettering the society around you and so on and so on. So this is mm-hmm. where this part sort of, um, they, uh, yet they do not know how to die, um, sort of like rings, rings a lot of bells in my head when it comes down to this sort of, this sort of um, uh, uh, you know, when we're talking about Seneca, his letters and, and um, stuff that we've spoken about before. Yeah. Um, uh the second part, uh, no good thing renders its possessor happy unless his mind is reconciled to the possibility of loss. Uh-huh. Uh, this is, I mean, the this is uh, Stoicism one hundred and one, right? Um, you always got see you 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 expect bad things, right? And that expectation is actually good. So you anticipate failure, okay, uh-huh. as a preparation for the worst. That's basically all you're doing. It's not anticipating. There's a bit of a difference between anticipating failure and thinking about it and, oh, it's going to fail and being negative about it. Uh, when you're expecting the worst um, of a situation, uh, most likely, right, you're not going to get to that worst situation. But what's going to happen is that even if you fail, you're prepared for it. You know how to handle the situation. I like to call this more or less like a, similar to, to the seatbelt theory, right? I mean, you wear a seatbelt when you're driving. Not because, oh, my God, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a crash. You don't know you're going to get into a crash, right? But you wear it anyway just, so, just in case you get into a crash. It will give you a better uh, – it will improve your statistics of survival, right? So the better chances for you to survive it. And this is basically where this, this, um, this bit comes uh, um, – what this bit is really telling me uh, in this case. Um, the, then he talks about Pompeii and all that sort of stuff, so I'll just uh, – I'll uh, skip that. But the bit that is really good is that um, fortune, what, what, sorry, what did you say? No man has ever been so far adva- advanced by fortune that she did not threaten him as greatly 
as she had previously indulged him. Uh, and then he goes, do not trust her, see- uh, her seeming calm in a moment the sea is moved to its depth. The very day the ships have made um, a brave show in the games, they are engulfed. Simply, fortune gives you and fortune takes it away, you know? And the thing is that if you can accept that in the sense of um, one day you might make a whole lot of money, right? And, but if, you're, if, if in your mind you treat all that wealth that you've got, all that sort of, you know, possessions that you've got, that, you know what, one day I'm going to lose it. You don't uh, put too much attachments to these things. That when it actually go, does go away, you're pretty cool with that, right? You're, you're expecting the bad things to happen, right? You're preparing for the worst. So this is where that, that, that linking between, you know, fortune is going to give it to you, cool, but then fortune is going to take you away from you whenever, whenever she wants. So don't trust fortune, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked a couple of parts of this, this particular paragraph. Um, so no good, no good thing renders his possessor happy unless his mind is reconciled to the possibility of loss. That, for me, for me it's saying uh, that joy and that sweetness of having something and uh, appreciating having something can only really be there to its full extent, to its full volume, when mm. you know that there's a possibility that this will all go away one day and or can go away one day or, yeah. or sometimes yeah. even will go away one day. And it's not just about life, I don't think. I think this applies to everything. So mm. me personally, like I work, uh, I work as hard as I can uh, to always stay on top in, you know, whatever my goals are. Say, for example, in, in my career, in my, in my line of work, because I always think actively that somebody could be working just as hard as me for the specific purpose of taking it all away from me. Mm-hmm. And that makes me not only enjoy where I am and what I'm doing, like not only enjoy and, and thank um, whatever higher power there is out there that I uh, have been able to uh, get my life to be able to do the things that I'm doing now, you know, work in a line of work that I, that I really enjoy, you know, do the things mm-hmm. that I really love, wake up and, and do um, have a career that, you know, it's not a career actually. It's, it's, um, it's it's my craft, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's even more than that. Um, but the the fact that I know that there is a possibility of loss of this thing, uh, it makes me in, enjoy every moment more. It makes me not uh, complain about the long hours more, right? It makes mm-hmm. me uh, it makes me work harder because I know that there's a possibility of loss in the sense of somebody out there could be working uh, hard for the sole purpose of taking it all away from me personally. It may not mm-hmm. be the case, but that's just the way I think about it. And so that, for me, like fuels me to be able to uh, keep at it and, and not lose focus and, and not, not drop the standards. Um, so that's how I saw that, and, and that's how I think, it, for me, it applies and can apply to all aspects of your of everybody's life was listening to this, you know, not just work, anything else that you possess that you are happy about, that you like, 
understand that one day there is a possibility of loss of that thing. So enjoy it every moment of it. Thank God that you have mm. it and do what you can to, to prolong it, basically. Right? Don't take it for granted. Um, I love I love your view on that. That's 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 yeah. I, I really really do love that view on it. Uh, just just one thing though. Um, instead of uh, instead of thinking about it from a point of view of someone taking it away from you, uh, mm. replace that someone with fortune, right? Yeah. So that way it becomes uh, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I guess oh, that's, that's, cool. that's a better that's really way to cool. think. Of it. Yeah. yeah yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah yeah. Continue. And uh, the the later later part, which was the. I mean, this is only because I'm a history buff and I like ancient history. The fate of uh, Pompey was settled by a boy and a eunuch. Mm. Uh, so Pompey was uh, the um, the rival to Julius Caesar. And uh, he eventually, as a last stand, he fled to Egypt and he tried to get um, Cleopatra's brother, younger brother, who was the emperor at the time, who was the, 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 the king at the time. Uh, the pharaoh. The pharaoh, that's right. I couldn't, couldn't think of the word. Uh, <laughs> to help him uh, defeat Caesar. And his fate was settled by the boy. He was literally, well, I think he was 14. Uh, because he, he wanted to gain uh, Caesar's favor because he knew that Caesar was, a, was stronger. So, uh, and, and Caesar was chasing after him into Egypt to, to fight him there. Uh, so the, the boy just basically killed Pompey. They arrested him and they killed him. And uh, I think from ancient accounts, they severed his head, put it on a platter and presented it to Caesar, which Caesar mm. didn't actually like uh, because he didn't want, he thought that an emperor, um, a, a great warrior shouldn't go out like that. Uh, but, yeah, that's just a little uh, little side note right there for, yeah, yeah. for the history buffs out there. Um, so that's what I got out of that one. Let's see, what are we up to? Number eight. Uh, reflect that a highwayman or an uh, enemy may cut your throat, and though he is not your master, every slave wields the power of life and death over you. Therefore, I declare to you, he is lord of your life that scores, scorns his own. Think of those who have perished through plots in their own homes, Staying either openly or by uh, guile, you will then understand that just as many have been killed by angry slaves as by angry kings. What matter, therefore, how powerful he be whom you fear when everyone possesses the power which inspires your fear? But, you will say, if you should chance to fall into the hands of the enemy, the conqueror will command that you be led away. Yes, whither you are already being led, Whither you are already being led, why do you voluntarily deceive yourself and require to be told now for the first time what fate it is that you have been long been laboring under, that you have long been laboring under? Take my word for it. Since the day you were born, you are being led thither. We must ponder this thought and thoughts of the like nature. If we desire to be calm as we await that last hour, the fear of which makes all previous hours uneasy. Mm. Mm. Hit us with that uh, with that knowledge, <laughs> Chad. Come on, with uh, it. Uh, man, this one this one's actually tough uh, for me to to, to grasp. Uh, the the thing is that 
the first bit, I think it it uh, continues from what you were saying about uh, Pompey and um, and the eunuch and the boy and stuff like that, right? So uh, the thing is, um, see, anyone has got from what he's saying over here, anyone has got the power to uh, practically um, kill you, right? I mean, yeah. he's mentioned is is like it's like anybody can actually has got the power to kill you now. You are surrounded by people every single day, right? Mm. You you work with tons of people around you every single day. Uh, the potential of one of them being a, being your killer, being the person who's going to end your life, um, you know, you, you never know. The thing is, is um, uh, what matters. He says, what matters therefore is how how powerful he be whom you fear, when everyone possesses the power which inspires your fear, right? This is where I'm, where I'm getting from that. So um, uh, everyone has got the power to sort of uh, uh, that give you fear. Now, if, if you if you don't want to include sort of somebody to kill you or anything like that, uh, every, everybody has got um, some sort of a power over you, right? Some sort of a um, oh. sorry, some sort of a, 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 a power to in, to inspire fear in you, if you like, right? Uh, and and the thing is, the, the the way I kind of interpret this is that. You know, you have um, every person has got their own fears, right? So my fears are different than your fears, right? And sometimes um, uh, I look at your fears and I'm like, really? Like, what are you worried about that for? And you look at my fears and you might say the same thing. Uh, the 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 most, um, I guess, I guess the the, the thing that uh, that needs to be remembered here is that um, um, the inspiration of fear from from other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, like sort of. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I might be butchering this uh, left, right, and center here, but um, the, the, my understanding of this is that um, fear is everywhere. It's just kind of like, once again, is how are you going to basically be able to react to this? Uh, the second part, second part, second part, um, where he is saying, if, if you should chance to fall into the hands of the enemy, the conqueror will command that you be led away. Um, and this is the part, I, I think I mentioned that before, where uh, this is when you know that, for example, in this case, like death is coming, right? Mm-hmm. And you headed there kind of like every day. This is more, more or less like a metaphor in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, take my word for it. Since the day you were born, you were being led. Um, so, so basically, since the day you were born, you practically are dying, right? So you are uh, marching in that direction anyway. So you must ponder this thought and, um, and thoughts of the like nature. If we desire to be calm as we await for the last, uh, that last hour, the fear of which makes all previous hours uneasy. So we are heading in that direction anyway. If you're going to sit down and contemplate on it all the time, then you, all your hours are going to be uneasy. And I think he puts, it, um, uh, he puts this, this here before uh, the bit where he says, um, if you should um, change the fall of the enemy, the, the conqueror will co- command that you be led away imagine like you're being caught by the enemy and you know you're gonna die right and that's basically what i was saying before like um you fear the the death at that point of death um oh. but you don't contemplate um sort of thinking about it all the time until you get there yeah yeah uh what what i also got uh, got out of this part was when you know something is coming. It's not necessarily death, 
so you know mm. when you when you get caught, uh, you know if you if you fall into the hands of the enemy and the conqueror will will command you to be led away. So he, he's saying basically that's it. You, you're you're caught. Uh, why are you deceiving yourself? You know that you you're going to be led away to be executed mm, or whatever. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I think it, this also applies to other because f- uh, look like s- stuff like that doesn't happen anymore right um in in our day-to-day lives but similar stuff happens where uh somebody who may be of a higher authority and and maybe on a power trip of some sort um quote-unquote captures you or f- finds you out to do some to be doing something that's against their wishes and, uh, you know, would want to maybe bully you or, or inflict some kind of a punishment on you. Um, the same concept applies in the sense that when, when this comes and you've been caught and you've been found out, uh, when you know that this person is going to do something to you or make an example out of you, why... Why are you trying to pretend like maybe it won't happen? And why are you trying to deceive yourself in the sense that maybe you think that, ah, oh, maybe I'll get off easy or whatever. Instead, just be like, fuck it, man. Do whatever you want. I'm just going to just be a, re- a rebel till the very end. That's much more admirable. Um, it's much more of a story to write home about, you know, mm, a mm. story to be told about you. Uh, and it, it feels better, man. Uh, and I'm talking about from personal experience, you know, this is, you know, in, in, uh, like nowadays, since, you know, very recently, I mean, early in my life was probably a different story because that's your conditioning through society, right? You must mm-hmm. bow down and to higher authority or whatever. Uh, but now if I, if I'm doing something that I know is, is right, and a higher quote-unquote power uh, wants to be like a bully of some sort, you know, um, uh, and, and impose like some unfair rule or whatever, and, and I get caught or I get found out, I'm just like, do whatever you want, man. I'm, I don't care um, because I, whatever I say, you're going to do whatever anyway, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I, I'm not going to apologize to you like uh, because – what I did was right. I'm trying to explain my point of view. You don't want to mm. hear about it, so to speak. You don't want to agree mm. with me. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to hear me out. You don't want to give me the time of the day. So you know what? Fuck it. I did what I did, and I stand by what I did. Do whatever you want. Mm. And, mm. and oftentimes, you, you will find that um, they, they won't deal out the punishment that, that they... Um, originally were going to, for example, right? Because they see that you, you have accepted the fate and you're, you're completely fine with it. And now they have no power over you in any way. Uh, they, there is no way they can scare you. They can, there's no way they can inspire any fear in you. Nothing like that. Mm. It's too mm-hmm. late. They've lost their power. And so if you're going to be a rebel, just be a rebel to the very end. And, and if you're going to, as they say, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Because that's the story to tell about you down the track. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's important. I think that's applicable uh, even to today's. I mean, you know, you're not going to get caught by, by the enemy these days, uh, 
you know, and, and, and be led away or whatever. But same sort of things apply in, in that regards. And that's my view on that point. And I don't know if that's a little bit too much out there or not, but that's what I get out of that. No, no, that's, it's an opinion. Look, uh, all, all these are, are, are an opinion. And um, a lot of the times, like you said, it's a reflection on your own life and what you've gone through, or at least what you've observed uh, in, in, in others. Um, like even, even like for, for those who, for example, it's not about finding out things or a lot of the times you, um, you know, uh, standing, uh, you know, in front of society to say no, for example, it could be a decision that you made, which wasn't necessarily the right decision, right? Which have, has caused certain things to, to, to react or certain reactions in your life, right? And it's, it's, you made these decisions, you stand by these decisions, so kind of like yep. the same format, if you like, where, um, you know, you're going down swinging. Okay, look, I made this decision. It's a crappy decision. It's a shit decision. It's caused a whole lot of headache in my life. But you know what? I'm the one who's going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put it in, in a business perspective, um, especially if you have a business where you've got people dependent on you, owning to that, um, to that uh, sort of uh, the mistake or whatever that has been. Look, you know, it was my, it was my fuck up, guys. Uh, I'm the one who's going to take responsibility uh, I'm the one who takes the, the the blame for it. I'm the one da 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 da. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I guess it, it can go so so many different ways. But um, yeah, that's actually really cool to a uh, really cool way to think about it as well. All right, this last part. Let's finish it off. Uh, but I must end my letter. Let me share with you the saying which pleased me today. It too is called from another man's garden. Poverty brought into conformity with the law of nature is great wealth. Do you know what limits that law of nature ordains for us? Excuse me. Do you know what limits that law of nature ordains for us? Merely to avert hunger, thirst, and cold. In order to banish hunger and thirst, it is not necessary for you to pay court at the doors of the purse-proud or to submit to the stern frown or to the kindness that humiliates nor is it necessary for you to scour the seas or go campaigning. Nature's needs are easily provided and ready to hand. It is the superfluous things for which men sweat, the superfluous things that wear our togas threadbare, that force us to grow old in camp, that dash us upon foreign shores. That which is enough is ready to our hands. He who has made a fair compact with poverty is rich. Farewell. Wow. Mm. Hit me, Chad. Hit me with it. <laughs> uh, look, this, this one is a simple one. Um, accumulating of things that are, um, you know, the difference between needs and wants, right? So uh, what is it that you need? Well, you don't want to go hungry. You don't want to go thirsty. And you don't want to go cold, right? So these are the basic needs. If you've got enough of those, I mean, if, sorry, if you cover these three bases, that's it. You, you, you can live, right? You can survive. You can move forward, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, anything more than that, then it's going to basically just uh, you are creating complexities in your life. You are creating uh, opportunities for you to, to, to cling onto things. And um, it kind of like sums up uh, a lot of the points that we covered before. Like as an example, the cloudiness of your thoughts and um, uh, you know how we were talking about before like – uh, if you if everything is simple in your life and you complain about simple stuff not the not the stuff that you can't control um then you know you, you can contemplate you can see you know see life um 
from sort of like from a simpler perspective, you can see life, uh, you can move on with life, you can flow with life without having to clench onto these rocks and things like that, stuff that we've spoken about before. Mm-hmm. So that simplification of, okay, I'm just going to really do the basics. I'm going to make sure that the basics are there and the rest, yeah, I can accumulate um, riches and money and all that sort of stuff. But if I lose it, that's cool. As long as I can go back to the basics. And as long as, uh, uh, as an example, got the hunger, thirst and cold covered, uh, that should be cool. And this is kind of like where he's, um, where he's uh, coming with this. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. What that you last like? part is, is definitely, like you said, it's, it's very simple. Um, it's, it is basically saying uh, that the things that you really need uh, are to avert hunger, thirst and cold. And, to do those things, you don't need to be, uh, you don't need to be rich. You don't need to do anything crazy or, you know, out of the ordinary or, or whatever. And um, the, it's the superfluous things. So the things that are unnecessary, really, uh, mm. which, mm. which wear us down, which, uh, which force us to grow old in camp. So the things that, that just you know, rub away at us and, and yeah. wear us yeah. down, you know, over time. And, and the yeah. worry of getting these superfluous things that we sweat over, that we work so hard about and we stress about and stuff like that. Mm. Um, everything that we need is ready at our hands. It's, it's in front of us and we can have it. We can have it easily. And uh, when you understand this and you come to an agreement about this and, and come to be at peace with this thought, then you are rich. Um, mm. Mm. Which, again, it, it goes back to so much of, of Stoic teachings and stuff like that. So, yeah, I got pretty much the same thing as you did on that one. Fantastic. Fantastic. That was a, that was a really great chat um, uh, tonight, uh, Ami. I really yeah, enjoyed it. Good yeah, yeah, it was really good. Long, long, I, I, long. I love how we come from different, uh, from different sort of uh, backgrounds and different uh, ideas and we sort of uh, put these together. I think yeah, put uh, it some, together. Of the feedback, some mm. of the feedback that we got from, from listeners was, uh, was regarding this. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking really cool. of which, thanks to all the listeners out there. Thanks for listening in. Uh, thank you for your feedback. Keep them coming. Uh, we want to know what you guys like about it, what you don't like about it. If you do like it, please share it. Please subscribe. And uh, keep tuning in. We're going to keep this going. This is all happening only because of you guys. So uh, thank you, guys. Um, with that, chat. I think that will do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back at it next week again.